When you've got a relationship with one thing in nature, it often leads to another. My daughter now speaks of, you know, how healthy animals are and how healthy the, the forest is. If we open our awareness to all the other species, we're going to find ways to be able to be in relational health and be able to move and adapt with, with the changing circumstances of the world around us. In the weeds. So welcome to the first episode of In the Weeds. In the Weeds, episode number one. Let me just take you on the journey prior to this. Start with acknowledging the traditional people of the land. And uh, wherever you're listening to this, we acknowledge those people of that land and come in with that respect. The way we landed in this situation is 2020, a global pandemic. We had a TV show, 99 Eps, one per day. We met a character, Damon Gamow. He came onto our TV show at AIM. He suggested that seaweed may just be one of our big answers to the carbon crisis globally. And JMB, who sits with me now, decided let's take this one step further, make a seaweed hoodie, and maybe we can reforest some of the ocean, uh, enacting some carbon sequestration. Yeah, that was sort of the vibe, Brenda. I think kind of trying to work out, you know, I, I think there's a responsibility when someone comes to you with a solution to, um, to then work out what you can do, you know, and, and not sort of run past that as a, as a playground. So when Damon said, okay, seaweed can be a part of that solution, he's got his film 2040. Um, we then said, okay, how can you make a seaweed hoodie? And in that process, we were thinking more and more about systemic design, not one lever. And we'd been building this idea of unlikely connections by a factor of five as a way to build systems design. So we did our first ever making of a hoodie podcast, which which worked on that. We found the group that could um, make the seaweed hoodie. And then we built this immersive yarn that sort of wove out together um, from there. And they could make the hoodie. We had a couple of young Indigenous kids on the podcast. Damon was on the podcast and explaining what the potential was. We caught up with the Surface of Climate Gang and said, okay, what could we do with this thing? And then we found, we were like, well, we don't really want to just, you know, get the cool factor of having made a seaweed hoodie and do nothing with it. How do you activate the hoodie? And that was when we got connected with Operation Crayweed, who had been building this, who had come across this really clever, natural process to restore life and underwater forests again. And there's lots of different versions of seaweed um, in the ocean we've learned. And crayweed is one of them that restores really deep life and and regenerative life to the health of the underwater forests across um, Sydney Basin and across the Sydney beaches. So we set out the challenge to say, okay, how much would it cost to, to reforest, you know, I think it was 22 or 14 beaches or like all the big beaches up and down the east coast. Yeah, 14 um, Sydney beaches and the harbour. Yeah, how much how much would it cost to do the beach component? And the, the New South Wales government had just supported them to do the harbour they said, look, for a million bucks a year, we could, a million bucks over 10 years, um, we could reforest like 14 beaches and up and down a whole coastline of Sydney. And went, a million dollars over 10 years, like surely we can do that. So then we've been trying to break down the numbers, which we, we've been able to do to try and make the big, small. And I think one of the tricks with money is you kind of, it's not about the money, it's about the time, which is what we've learned so much studying sort of economics as an ecosystem and how you move time back to nature. And, and that was where I think we've got to a really healthy um, 
healthy combination of design for this process to go, okay, over the next 10 years, we want to give 20 organizations a chance to return their time back into nature and then to have once a month a chance to return to the to the ocean with Operation Crayweed and have that connection. And I'm stoked to have you and Arthur as, as a couple of co-custodians to help shepherd the project. And it's hard, you know, like you come up, you, you can see these big shapes and you're like, and, and you think that the idea is no good or you think that, you know, no one wants to do it. And often it's just like you haven't got the ordering right. And it's so nice now to be able to hand it into your hands to go, sweet, take us on a podcast journey once a month, take us back to the ocean once a month and, you know, announce the the first couple of people that will come on board and, and let's get moving and see if we can raise this money, get it out of the way because there's a much bigger problem for us as a species than raising a million dollars. We need to be turning a lot of time and a lot of our energy, trillions of dollars of capital back towards nature within five years. Like we need to be moving really, really quickly on this stuff. So hopefully this is one fast case study of what AIM as a very small nonprofit can do. And if we can do this, then I would say there is a systems change responsibility for every organization in the world to say, what can you do to then force multiply? Because this is the edge of our work. This is us saying, you know, we can really do this and we've raised this and we're not taking any dollars for ourselves. We're putting our resources and time back to nature. So just to recap, AIM CEO and founder, Jack Manning Bancroft, articulating the journey of how we sort of got to where we are now, raising a million dollars to reforest 14 beaches in the harbour in Sydney with Operation Crayweed and the support of Regen. We met the the kind of head of Regen or, or one of the founders of Regen, Damon, back on Imagination TV, AIM TV show in 2020. And here we are now on this journey, the first of our monthly podcasts to document the journey of raising this million dollars, getting 20 organizations on the journey with us. And joining me is Arthur Little, who's going to go to the beach once a month with us to do some ceremony and to celebrate this connection or reorientating our time with these organizations that are investing money also to, yeah, to reforest Sydney and then hopefully other cities after we get this case study done. I think there's a big sentence in throwing to you, Bubba or Arthur, about like, I don't think the headline is raising the million dollars. You know, that's that's the thing that's a shiny piece which people will go, wow, they raised a million dollars. It's not actually about the money and and being able to get past that really quickly. The real headline should be redirecting our attention back to nature, redirecting one of our most important assets, which is time back to nature. And unfortunately, that's like not the shiny thing that grabs a headline in an email that makes you want to open it or it's not the thing that everyone goes, oh, wow, they've raised 900 grand out of the million We'll do that and we'll do that because it's necessary as a resource for the scientists to do their work. But the the actual significance of this time back in nature is much, much more bountiful than the million dollars. It is about restoring our intelligence and how we think about where knowledge comes from, which is everything, all of our life. And if we put that in the context of whatever the budget, whatever the end game profit balance sheet of every organization, anyone like from a small football club to a group like AIM, like we put our hands up and said, yeah, we'll put $50,000 of our budget here. We would have a smaller budget than almost every organization we're talking to by at least like, you know, factor of a hundred smaller, but any tiny organization can say, you know what, I'll raise five grand a year to knock the money out of the road because there is actually something after that which is really important because we usually stop there. Oh, I raised a million dollars. I did my bit. 
if we just raise the money and it's dead money and Operation Crayweed to go and do this work without being in relation, we haven't changed anything and we do what we've been doing since the 1970s, which is saying there's a problem with climate. Let's outsource it to the scientists and the nonprofit leaders. If we're serious about it, we have to change our behaviour, which means our time, where our days start and how intentionally they start there and then how we carry that into our life. Like it can't just be... I went to this ceremony this morning. It was really beautiful. I learned from this crayweed. I learned about this science. I saw how they work together and then I walk into a boardroom and then I chop everyone's heads off. Like that is a failure if we do this. If people come in and this is transactional, then we've failed. Absolutely, Jack. Um, I absolutely agree with directing people, humans, back to to nature and the role that we all have um, as custodians, you know, and sharing that custodial role and Understanding what we don't know, you know, it's good to, to know what we know, but also understand what we don't know about, you know, country, about um, wetlands, about, you know, the coastlines and, you know, being being lucky enough to live in Coogee um, and play some rugby there. Um, you know, Coogee or Coogee is, is a word for, you know, the Aboriginal word, Bidjigal Gadigal, you know, thorough name would be um, dry seaweed or smelly seaweed and you don't really... A lot of people wouldn't know that and the role that, that seaweed plays in the water as as we're beginning to learn now. And I just can't wait to to get in the water and, you know, along with those scientists and those professionals who, who know the world underwater, you know, myself recently have you know, been practising for years and having connections to Yuan Country and, you know, down Jervis Bay, Rec Bay, and, you know, my family come from down that way. i um, been Radri, you know, Gomorrah, Nunawal and, and Yuan, man, so been lucky enough to grow up on the coast um, as well as inland Um, but you know just really looking forward to bringing people into relation with with waterways and understanding their role in how we can provide healthier relations with each other and but also with our sea life in the water it's beautiful to think about the waterways and the way the river runs you know often the water hits ridges and and then it falls down the ridges and it creates these waterways that moves in all these different directions. And in lots of places, we've built this cement and this concrete that stops the water moving. So we're diverting our water in really negative ways, which doesn't have thoughtfulness around the big map. And what we're talking about with this process is about diverting our water inside of us back to water with time and saying, let's go down, you know, the last Friday of every month and let's let's be in the ocean. Let's be in this experience. And you know, I, part of the model of this one was learning from what the One Wave is all it takes um, group have done. And, you know, they're a crew that, that just went down to Bondi Beach and Grant um, was really struggling with mental health. And he was just like, I just need to get in the water. And he dressed up and, you know, a couple other guys, Joel and Sam went down with him and they helped out. And then they just started turning up and, and, and putting time together. And then from being there together, they created this beautiful sub-community, which then, you know, travelled all around these beaches, which has travelled around the world as a concept of just a time to be together. And we are only as busy as we say we are. If we want to have space, we can have space and we can organise our time to to actually sit and, and to be. And, you know, you spent a long time in the water, Brenda, you know, and... Um, and some time like in places in the water that no one's ever been. There's a lot we can learn from the ocean. We know, we know less about the ocean than we do than outer space. Yeah, I'm thinking when you talked about the rivers, 
cutting natural ways. I can always remember the first time I went to Tahiti in 2003 uh, to surf like sort of 15 foot waves, which was the start of my journey surfing waves around the world. And the way the fresh water landed on the mountains just a kilometre from this miraculous surf break called Chofu or Chalfu, it was uh, the way that the freshwater cut through the reef that designed the angle of that particular break that everyone marvels over around the world now. And yeah, that natural phenomenon um, which happened at that spot was a complete miracle and has changed so many people's lives and people have gravitated year after year and it's good to reflect on the natural process behind that. And I'm I'm keen, as you said, with the One Wave gang around mental health to turn up and just to turn up. So we've turned up today to record at one on Friday. Artie and I are going to sit with Adriana and Ziggy at the Operation Crayweed gang and to dig into the science of what it means to plant crayweed, what that does to the carbon in the atmosphere and to to biodiversity and, and see how we can get momentum purely by turning up. So we'll do once per month. Uh, a beach session on Friday morning, last Friday of every month. We'll do one podcast every month documenting the journey with the characters along the way, starting with Jack and Artie today and myself, and then we'll go to Adriana, Operation Crayweed, and then we're going to move along to a couple of other organisations that have committed to not only, as Jack said, financially jump in but reorientate the time of their staff and themselves to get into nature and re- reorientate themselves with those natural river runs. And I'm looking forward to the journey. We've turned up, Artie. We have, mate, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to, you know, the practical side of getting in the water. Um, you know, I know our old people, you know, our old ancestors knew a lot about the coastal line and how it worked and the role of the seaweed and all the animals in it around the water. And, you know, just learning the knowledge now, the modern-day knowledge from from those people in the water and now being able to pass that knowledge on and, and sort of, you know, get into it. Um, what do you think, guys, um, nine, ten years from now, AIM's about to have its last year. We've we've kick-started Imagination as a country. It's run its life cycle. Um, you guys, are, you know, let's say you've you've managed to, to weave the the journey through and, and you've, you're nine, ten years down the road and you're recording the last podcast. What do you think and what do you hope, like, you know, if you were casting the biggest possible dream and the biggest possible painting of a vision ahead, like, what do you want to be talking about in that last podcast? What do you want to be looking back on the story and being able to describe? What do you think will be some of the feelings inside of you? Um, What is this documentary process about to open for you both? Well, I mean, it's often fear or, or logistics that holds us back from actually doing something. And as we see ourselves in a climate crisis with I've got a five and an eight-year-old uh, and we we look at what we're facing, turning up and doing something's super important and I hope that we actually did something by that 10-year mark that we can hand on heart and know that that was us grounding ourselves in the best possible way to take action on what needed to be taken action on. And I'm always reminded of the Theodore Roosevelt quote where it's not the critic that counts and the way he says it's actually the person who tries. It's not the person who critiques but the person who tries and and will sort of fail along the journey and I'll make mistakes of, you know, potentially um, 
you know, going in too fast and hard on certain things. But, you know, what's the sacrifice that I'm going to make? You know, is it a bit of discomfort for myself or some of the people I might turn up at the beach at with or um, there'll be different ebbs and flows to the journey. But hopefully we can be there in 10 years knowing that, yeah, we set precedents and a bunch of oceans have have crayweed throughout them. They've We've made an impact that's actually like kind of, worth having yeah similar jack i just want to look back and and be proud of the fact that we've restored or regenerated relationships with the water and nature and you know when one thing when you've got a relationship with one thing in nature it often leads to another and another and another um you know and that restores healthy relationships within ourselves and the way we we look at the ocean and we look at animals and we look at water and the cleansing that it does for ourselves but yeah, just to look back and, and go, wow, you know, we we're part of that connection back to nature and, you know, we've restored so many different animals along the way and, you know, the seaweed's now plentiful right along the East Coast and in the Sydney Harbour as well as global. I think this has got a, you know, a big wave to play that can that can go right across the globe. Yeah, well, there's sort of a couple of circles, isn't there? There's one coastline and there's lots of coastlines around the world, I don't know, thousands upon thousands. Um, so there's we've got to reforest a bunch and we've got to find a way for that regeneration of our coastlines to, to come back into health. And, you know, I think there's, I'm hopeful for a decade from now that we can look back and not only whenever we drive across the Sydney Harbour Bridge or drive down those beaches, say to our kids, yeah, we helped build a sea forest, you know, and we did it by really simply calling people up and saying, hey, do you want to be back in relation with the ocean? And try and the other part, which I'm excited about, is by by finding a design of the money to move in a way which isn't um, too greedy, like us taking it all or saying like we want all of this money now, like five thousand bucks a month over ten years, like that leaves a marketplace for all the other people coming down, you know, for the other custodians and like really strong First Nation systems thinkers that have been working in the ocean to then have this partnership open up to a marketplace of 20 organizations and then you multiply that by another 20 there's 400 organizations worldwide saying we want indigenous people to help us shape the ways to be in relation with the ocean we want the best scientists to help us understand and and you start to reconnect relations between commerce science and and the oldest science systems that we've had and I think that excites me and then the other part is like you know the you you just we've got to go like it and we have to be the the problem with which has got us where we are as a species now is we can get to pushing go on something and then we can find lots of excuses because we're afraid of the little primary school kid inside of us getting a bad mark and we did that since the 1970s and we're now using 1.7 earth's amount of earth resources so there's almost twice the two earths that we need to be able to um, keep up with the way that we're living and that's happened since the 70s because we keep deferring the big jump and the big leap and we keep leaving it oh well i'll get there but then i need another document or i need another thing or i need no you don't we need to move and we needed to move a very long time ago and it gets to a point where where we're going to have to look at ourselves so, so deeply beyond politic, beyond our previous patterns of what we thought about and ask ourselves in a mirror, what is 
the worth of life on earth and what is the worth of so many generations to come. And I think with this project for you guys, like at least you're going to go at it. You know, you're going to, you're going to put it out there and, and by putting yourselves out there and putting a hand out, it's the same with the kids and everybody else who we've mentored and worked with over an extended period of time. Like, come on guys, like we're, we're on the bridge. Like we've been here, all the ecosystems, let's go. And yeah, I wonder what are the, what what's the fire that sort of percolates deep inside both of you to want to see things change as you're kind of reflecting on the work we've done for a long period of time, you know, both you in different ways for a decade plus and what the text, next 10 years can be because it is, we have to shoot at 100% in the basketball, basketball metaphor like and we've got to be shooting like three-pointers from halfway um, to weave the eye through the needle of this storm that's coming and we're going to have to be at our collective best. Yeah, and we, we can't do it alone, um, you know, from everything that I've learned in my time with AIM and, you know, the 20 years of, of mentoring experience that we have, uh, you know, as an organisation and <clears throat> the imagination that we have and the custodianship that we use and, you know, sharing this knowledge. And if you're listening to this podcast and, and you know that you want to be involved, reach out, you know, talk to your local community, talk to your corporate people that you know and this is this is really once in a lifetime that you can get in and really get yourself put your feet in the water literally you know get in there and and, and feel feel it um, and make change for yourself and for other people I'm a I'm a dad so obviously I want a, some clean waterways for my son to swim in and I want him to know that his dad you know really took the time you know to put back into nature and um, you know have those healthy relations for all of us, for, for us all to share in and, you know, nine, ten years from now, you know, I, I really want to want to know that we've we've really connected with all these East Coast um, beaches. We've done the work, have learnt some more knowledge about waterways and been able to share that with a lot of people And but we've also found a way to visually share this with people. I want to look back and, you know, Think of the intelligence of the eagle, the seahawk, you know, spanning its wings, flying over coastal areas, looking down and and knowing now that we've got a healthy network underneath him, you know. I'm, I'm sure if we look back, you know, hundreds of years ago, back into the thousands, that seahawk was flying over these coastal lands, knowing how plentiful this, these our beaches were, you know. And now when that when that eagle flies over, I, like, I, I think he's a bit worried, you know, but he's hopeful that humans are going to build that relation back with nature, get in the water um, and, and help help change, you know, what he sees for us all to see. I think uh, the COVID pandemic um, period gave us a moment to reflect and I think a lot of people stopped and realised um, that they might have been on a, a bit of a journey, a bit of a kind of a bit of a pattern and that moment of, of stopping allowed us to see some things that were important and that did that for me too and and for my kids. And I think, you know, I can't help but think the, the beauty that was in such a disastrous time of uh, able to reflect and see how we could be of just a little bit more in tune with our lives. And I think for me this is the, that kind of next step to – to go out and and not be the critic, but be this be the person that just actually gets 
you know, gets in the water and figures stuff out, has conversations, you know, that I'll be nervous about and, um, and learn things in ways that I haven't known before. And, you know, I got, I was brought up in the nineties learning all my schooling stuff and we didn't learn about carbon sequestration. So this is new for me. Like it's really new and it's, it's exposing of my ignorance. So it's, it's a, it's really, I'm walking in there a little bit nervous, but also knowing that, you know, that's probably a really good spot to be. Uh, nervous and, and vulnerable in, in bringing in new relations and talking to corporates who potentially have thousands of people sitting in a building each day, inviting those people out for one hour on a Friday uh, once a month just to sort of be in the sand, in the salt water, putting a pair of flippers on, looking down at this, you know, crayweed being planted in and and just re- reorientating ourselves a little bit. And that's a process that I feel vulnerable about, but I also know that that's special because there's something I think we missed in the 90s, uh, the 70s, 80s, 90s, where, you know, we we're really driven towards um, the process of going through school, going to uni and serving in a good job and a family. That, that was sort of the rhetoric that I experienced as a young guy growing up for the Northern Beaches. And my daughter now speaks of, you know, how healthy animals are and how healthy the, the forest is. And that's not what I was talking about when I was young. So there's a big, there's a big leap that we, I think it's really necessary. We have to go through and it will help me to look my daughter in the eyes, this process too, and say, we're going to, we're going to do something in partnership with nature. We came from nature. I am nature. You are nature. So we're just going home. We're we're being in relation. Um, what do you reckon, Adi? Yeah, man, I, I love where you're going with that, and I'm I'm in deep understanding and listening to you because I know, you know, how profound your connection is with the water, and I love just listening to you. And it it got me thinking about you know I've been diving a lot like lately, um, and I feel like the world has has been taking a lot, you know, from from nature whether it be fish or, you know, going down and we've been taking nature for granted and, and not really knowing how to give back. You know, when I go um, diving, there's not many abalone left um, because people are being greedy. You know, like where if we look back into our Indigenous systems where you only took what you need and you knew that other people were coming and there was a process for that on you know how you show how you were shown what was what was eaten before you in the mittens and stuff like that, so you knew what fish to take um, and you know what was coming around the next time. You know, and as I was diving just the other day, like um, you know, we start picking back at the sea urchins, and when you do that, a lot of people don't want to take the sea urchins because I don't know they don't like eating them, but it's so important to the to the underground waters, and when you move those sea urchins, a lot of a lot of stuff comes up and that's when all the fish come in, you know, and they need to be eaten too for other things to grow and for other fish to come around. So I urge everyone that's listening to this podcast to, you know, try and understand the waterways, get down and, you know, get involved. Um, you need to give back. We talk about the give, give, you know, without of, you know, expecting anything back and, and that's the that's what we run on here at AIM. That's what we we're trying to give back to nature, um, in as many ways as we can. 
But also if you do have the knowledge and you're out there, you know, give the knowledge away so we can keep it. That's another um, philosophy that I live by that's been taught to me through culture by Lawman is, you know, you've got to give it away to keep it. So we need that intelligence outside the margins to come in, as Jack was saying earlier, traditional knowledges and bring everyone together um, and sit down in circle and, and talk about these things. I think we need to shift our focus on intentionally onto what's important. And the most important thing to us all as a species is is nature um, and how we relate with nature, you know, in a healthy way. 20 dinners, lads, over the next 20 weeks to, to bring the, the nucleus of a, a community together to drive this. Um, have you got some, like, nominations for people that you think should should host dinners or people that you've worked with over time that you think would will get us going? Is there anyone that... From your world, Arthur, that you're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them a call, and you know, then they're gonna be listening to this podcast after you've spoken to them after this, this call. Or how do you build? You know, I think one of the things on this dinner piece, we're in the process of raising a hundred million dollars for imagination for the digital country we're building. Which again, you compare that ten million dollars Aussie year to how much Facebook costs and what it looks like to have a lab for humanity that can reorient relational economics and find a way to solve systems change problems at scale, give away all the IP back to nature, you know, have labs and schools, you know, scaling up, have this really deep playground of a, of worth of a community. And Jacqueline Twilley, who works with us in America, has been doing 20 um, dinners with 20 women um, over a 20-week period looking to raise $20 million. And over the first four or five dinners, Jacqueline sort of played back to me, oh, the, the big checks haven't come yet and but we're a relational network you know like so I've just I just got to try and see the best in the relations in people and and that requires a really strange surrender of the transaction even though the transaction is really important because without the money you can't pay the scientists to do the work how do you think you're going to grapple going with relations and where the energy currents are to then also working with people where there might be in patterns where they're stuck a little bit and they're, they're listening to you talking in a way and going, even though it might feel like it's the most normal thing, there's a translation missing piece. So how do you see these dinners providing space for people who are interested that some of that gray space in between for dialogue, for complexity? And I think to build our, what I'm interested in them is what we've got to try and build again is the vocabulary to sit together. Um, and then when we're sitting together, we can then hopefully go out in into ocean together and, and maybe when we're in the ocean together, it'll teach us a vocabulary as to how to be together. Yeah, that vocabulary you're talking about is, is important. I, and I think if if all people come in with an open mind and an open heart, then the language, whatever language is spoken, um, it'll be received the right way, knowing that we've all got a role to play you know, reaching out to people that I that I know at the moment that would I'd love to get involved would be you know my old club, probably the best club in the world, Ramwick Rugby. Um, is that you did know. you get given an award as the best club in the world? World or is that independently verified? I think it's well known yeah. um, across the globe. You know, is that because it's got a relationship with non-human like species? Is is it cracked that open yet? Yeah, I think it's you know. A lot of you know thousands of years of knowledge you know connected to the club, and the way the club flows and the way the club plays rugby and they're connected to the beach line there, Kujie, Kujie, like you know, which is why I'd like to do a call out. 
you know, to those guys who just won a, a premiership on the weekend, which is the first time in 19 years since since I played for the club and we won one. But they're so successful in their relations with each other and on the field. And I'd love to tie that relation into the coastline, which is, which is where the boys always and the girls always swim down there. They do their recoveries. They, they spend so much time as young kids connected to the beach, um, connected to the water. You know, and I'd like to call out Ramwick Rugby, and I will be catching up with the guys next Friday at the presentation. So, yeah, I'd love to see you guys there, and I'd love to see every other sporting code that is connected to the ocean along the way. Or the animals, you know, we've been talking to talking to Johnny Mayer a lot about this at Out of Ethic. Um, we're looking at designing this nature fund. Like when the the challenge now for the open minded clubs, like if we're we're open minded to all cultures and all races, then what about all species? Because there's only one of us out of seven million other species, and on this very rock, there's twenty billion billion other animals. And so when we have our logos of a tiger, of a shark, of a donkey, of a seagull, whatever it might be, what's our actual relationship with that? And what's the intelligence exchange? I think is the really, really important one. Like if you have a club which has a, a tiger, do you move and relate with the tiger? Do you embody the tiger? And then what of capital? You know, what, what do you do to support the life and the health of that tiger? How in relation are you? And when you're in that coastline, how in relation are you when that very oval is in danger in the next 20 years? At erosion will come through and there's a chance that oval won't be there. Now, reforesting the coastline is going to help some of the health. It's not going to stop sea levels rising in, in one move. But if we open our awareness to all the other species, we're going to find ways to be able to be in relational health and be able to move and adapt with with um, with the changing circumstances of the world around us. And that becomes really interesting because then you start getting practical going, all right, well, what's it worth? What is the rest of life on earth except for human beings worth? So maybe one game a year, all the proceeds from that game goes to seaweed. And maybe that game we're going to have a seaweed jersey and maybe you know, we're going to do our recovery sessions and we're going to do our training session for that Friday is going to be with seaweed and we're going to listen to scientists and we're going to listen to knowledge thinkers and that's actually going to inform our play on the weekend. Energetically, we're going to play for the seaweed and we're going to play for our kids through the seaweed and we have a story which is beyond our race, which I think is so much of our challenge in the last like 10, 20, 30, 40 years, like critical to get the basic human rights for all human beings and we are definitely not there and we're still stuck well, part of the reason we're stuck is we keep looking at each other while all these other animals are outside these castle gates of which we've ringed around these fences. And then we go and take our towels and our sunscreen down to the beach and we have a quick dip and then we get out. And there is all this life like, and then the closest we get to connecting with it is watching some shitty Disney movie. Absolutely love that idea. And I know we've been having yarns about it, um, you know, over the last few months and, yeah, um, the seaweed and, you know, the eagles and, you know, sun plays with the Clovelly eagles and definitely keen on talking to the club about, you know, how do they activate the intelligence of, of the eagle and how are they looking out for that for that eagle um, and how do proceeds go to, you know, funding the life of an eagle and where they live and, and, and what they do. So, yeah, I'm really... Really keen to share that message around, you know, Hope and Ramwick Rugby, you're listening to this and, you know, we have 
have that day where we're raising money to towards a go to regeneration of the seaweed and we have that day um, and we can celebrate and share that intelligence with the crowd, you know, also, you know, other big crowds that you want to share with thousands and thousands of people. Like some people don't know what they don't know. Well, I love I love the motley, unlikely connection world that we get to inhabit as well and you two are, are definitely an unlikely um, connection and, and you operate in that space between and and it's only going to shift if it's like a, a really curious combinatorial of organizations. You know, you have a local footy club and you have a hotel group and you have some tech group and then you have like three, you know, a fish and chip shop or a local restaurant or some, the more obscure, the better, because it shows that all of us are committing the local primary school, the mayor's office, and suddenly you're all down there together. And that again is what the what nature can do for us it's a space where you can equalize the playing field and then you're there together and you're looking around and the most fancy famous people are there but you're not there to show off your shininess or to make other people feel bad you're there to be able to as you guys said earlier this is a moment to go home and that's not woo woo like we are born from nature and we are taking 1.7 planets worth of resources from nature and guess what that's gonna run out I'm looking forward to diving into the bodyboard network, which is a, a funny subculture. Funnily enough, I said on a podcast recently, I think there's a, there's not one country in the world, whether it's landlocked or not, that I could not go to tomorrow and find a dinner, a friend, and a and a lounge to sleep on, because of the. I'm very lucky to be a part of the bodyboarding scene where we ride waves together and we experience the ocean. So I'm looking forward to tapping into that as I go out on this journey. So just to kind of play back to you, those who listen to this podcast, we're going for reorientating our time and our energy back to nature. We're doing that with a, a bunch of partners that have come on board and hopefully much more. We're going to do a monthly podcast where we where we talk about uh the, the learning we go through with the different characters. We're going to do ceremony on the beach and some science. And I ev- think, I think this Friday. last bit is actually going to be recorded onto a video. So for those people <laughs> that were just watching the video, this is the summary for Arthur and Brendo, and we're about to start recording. So here we go. Oh, here we go. All right. So recapping what we've kind of gone through, we're excited to be a part of this process. We're just drawing a line now. And we're moving into the process of 20 weeks where once – Every week we're going to host a dinner to invite people to come into relationship with nature, plant some crayweed with us. Yeah, and we're looking forward to, you know, building relations with the water, you know, regenerating seaweed, really getting down into the water and understanding the knowledge around that and how we sort of connect with communities, corporates and anyone out there that, you know, want to create change. The last 30 years have seen us lose connection with nature, um, lose connection with our home essentially so we're going back there and we're going to try to take people with us whether you're a fish and chip shop whether you're a big corporate or whether you're you know hotel group or a tech group Yeah, (laughs) and then we're going to finish up on uh gen 26 which uh for about 20 years we're doing the aim stuff different people have asked me for views on that in australia it's a very gnarly day um when we had the first fleet has come in and start building that the colonial movement and we've helped with triple j which is a big youth radio station in australia moves the date um from gen 26 to the day of celebration a lot of organizations are now taking a day off um and giving their 
their staff, you know, the chance to have a day off. Others are saying, well, this isn't a public holiday. Maybe we should work. And there's this really gray space in between. So to try and think of something really positive, if we're going to have that day, well, let's restore our time back to nature. So at the end of the 20 weeks, that will be the last run we do of, of orders for the seaweed hoodie. So we'll do another bout of orders. I think we've had about 90 people have ordered um, the first ever fully compostable um, seaweed hoodie that, that's been made in the world. So we've got them on the way. They'll all arrive in Australian shores um, in sort of October, November. And then we'll do another run of those in sync with the dinners. So everyone that's bought a hoodie will invite you along to the dinners as well. And Brendan and Arthur are going to send just some more specific communications to you guys so you can all stay connected. And and for those of you listening, like, um, you know, the the window, the very small window that we have and the pressure that we have shouldn't freeze us. Uh, it should be a chance to go even bigger. And under pressure, when you feel like you don't know the answers, the only way you find a way is in relation. Um we should go large, we should go together and we should really reorient our time back to nature and we're stoked to to put, you know, a big dream out there which might seem like a big dream of a million dollars but it's more about the time and it's more than 14 beaches. It's about every coastline on planet Earth and every single one of us, every single organisation, if you have the same grand ambition and a big imagination, we will not only navigate the challenges we've got right now, we'll navigate all the challenges that, that we need to redesign things. We have to go larger than we have ever imagined and we're a tiny group. So go bigger and dream bigger and, and really push yourself to see what you can do and reach out diagonally and hatch that relation back to nature. And um, thank you for watching. For those of you that watched a little bit of this and please listen to the podcast. It's been, Brendo, a deep pleasure to to know you and, and, and see your journey. And Arthur, it's been like a joy to, to know you and what you've done in your life. And we'll finish with you lads reflecting as we um we, we wrap it up. But thank you both for, for your commitment to drive this through. Exciting 22 weeks ahead of us and signing off on In the Weeds, episode yep. one. And we're walking out vulnerable, taking people with us and join us for the next episode. Join us on the beach once a month. Join us in the water. Thanks, guys. We look forward to sharing the good news with you. We share one body and water. We're all custodians of this green land and blue sea. One body of water. So let's start to redesign the earth. Because if we don't, humans will no longer be.